It takes more than an editor setup. You've tweaked so much that it has become sentient to be a great <laughs> software engineer. This is episode 355 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about all the non-technical things that go into the technical field of software development. And I suppose it's non-technical figuring out how to like reason with your editor instead of give it commands. Yeah, exactly. Negotiating. How to cheer it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is going to be amazing when the first AGI turns out to be an Emacs config. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it be beautiful, though, if the, the Lisp community... They, they came back? Yeah, because they are the AI original AI community, right, from the yeah. 60s? And it's like, oh, yeah, it turns out... Remember that configuration language we created that was like a subset of a Lisp dialect? It's AI now. <laughs> that means so funny which means it is the likely outcome yes your editor is now neurotic congratulations <laughs> um i could you just see the stand-up reports what did you get done yesterday well yesterday was a little unproductive <laughs> i uh spent a lot of time trying to console my editor <laughs> yeah i had to talk it down a little bit I was ready to quit and become a word processor <laughs> that's when your manager says well, that's okay, because the previous day, your editor was trying to console you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You could both benefit. That's not what this show is about, though. <laughs> nope. Soft Skills Engineering is a is a podcast. We answer your questions that are about the technical field of software development uh, and bring you great joy. Dave, do you want to thank our patrons? Yes, we have uh, weekly shout-outs for thecomputersciencebook.com, Kyle Boss, Valentina Datafold, Santa Hobar, Noah Fraser Lowe, Kent C. Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Charlotte Craig, Montlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost. At least we no longer have that awful name. <sighs> Fluxinosinehilification <laughs> is common in Lanfuer, Puilguin, Galigogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogog
have had a lot of school and medical issues over the past few months, and he's ended up flexing a lot to take care of them. This causes meetings to get rescheduled or scheduled far out in the future, which is contributing to timeline delays on some large projects that need more attention. I don't want to be rude and insist that he put the company above his family, but he needs to be driving and driving organizational alignment, not his kids. <laughs> I'm stressed out by not knowing when he'll be available and having to do extra work or take important meetings without having him as backup. Huh. Driving organizational alignment instead of driving his kids. I love it. <laughs> Huh, this is interesting. I feel like for most of my career, I've been very pro take time away from work, pushing people to take more time off and be more careful about taking care of themselves and their family's needs. But not the opposite. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of like, no, you have to be here. Let your children starve. <laughs> Our shareholders are priority one. Yeah. <laughs> But what about the organizational alignment? If you're off picking your child up from their surgery, who will align the organization? Yes. <laughs> it's not going to align itself. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to see the opposite thing happen. Yeah. Like, no, this is this is a problem. I have a lot of sympathy for someone who's got demanding family circumstances. And I think it's important to acknowledge that we'll all go through ups and downs on this front where there will be there will be seasons in our lives when different priorities are more easily or more difficultly attended to. You know, it's not every day yeah. that your kids are going to need you to the degree that they need this person right now, but it is that day for this person. So there's a really difficult conversation here that I'm going to skip over, which is like, do you actually have to spend less time doing stuff with your kids? I'm saying you, I'm talking to the architect. Mm -hmm. That would be a fair conversation for this person's boss to have with them. Uh, maybe a maybe a better conversation to have is like I need you to help me prep for this. Like if you're not gonna be around for for some of these important yeah. meetings or if things are blocked on you, like I'm I'm holding the bag and I need to be able to do a good job. So so there's some amount of collaboration and preparation that you two could do together beforehand to make it so that stuff goes smo more smoothly while this this guy's out. Yeah, I agree with that. However. That's probably not your job. N not to say that you shouldn't do it or help with it, but I'm kind of zeroing in on some some failures that have taken place now to where this person's work isn't being covered. And let me just preface it by saying one of the most awesome things about being a software developer is we have really flexible schedules for the most part. And we can we can do work at any time of the day or night. We obviously have to yeah. do a lot of coordination and collaboration, but it's not like we're working in a hospital and a patient just came in and we have to be there. You know, the patient can yeah. come in, the metaphorical software patient can come in and six hours later, it's okay if we're there, you know, to take care of, to take care of the patient. So in this scenario, I'm asking myself, where's the manager to make sure that this job on this team is getting done? Because there's a person here who has a job, that job's not getting done. And in the individual contributor case, that usually just means your productivity goes down. But in the case of an architect style of person, which, by the way, I, I interpret to mean they do like system designs and, and they basically facilitate the work of others. In their case, when they're not doing their job, it means multiple people can't do their job. Possibly the whole team is, if not blocked, at least severely restricted or slowed down. And so if I'm the manager of this team and I know that my architect is going to have extended periods of unavailability, I'm going to be very keen to set up some kind of 
like you said, Jameson, some kind of plan where they can either do the work in advance or have a schedule that works in such a way that the team's not going to be blocked because the, the, because the stakes are a lot higher when you have a person that the team depends on like that. Yeah, I'm imagining maybe a decision is made without this architect present, and then the team goes off and starts to build it. And then the architect comes back and is like, whoa, 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 yeah. wait, you can't do thing X that will have these huge, terrible consequences. It's not just that you're blocked. Like, maybe you waste a lot of time. You, like, you, yep. you actively do stuff that has to get thrown away because of this. Exactly. Totally possible. It sounds like you're nearing one of the, the standard answers, which is talk to your manager <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah. It is your manager's job to fix this. Like, this is why we have managers. A major reason. And it could be, uh, I mean, yeah, we don't know a lot about, about the architect's life situation. So maybe it's, it's, maybe it's unpredictable. Yeah. If it's predictable, that feels pretty easy to schedule around. Yeah. Have your architect say, here's when I have to do stuff. And then put the meeting somewhere else. Exactly. Um, so I'm assuming because, it, I'm assuming it's harder than that because... Hopefully anybody could recognize and, and fix that. The key word here is medical issues, which to me says unpredictability. It's like, oh, we have to go in for a test. Yeah. Oh no, the test results were bad. Now we're going to be in the hospital for two days. You know, something like that. That's hard. Yeah. That's just hard for everyone. I mean, now I'm going to be speculating on on stuff your manager might be thinking. But w one thought I would have is, is okay, this architect has the skills and knowledge to do this, but they, they don't have the availability. Right. Should I just get someone else to do it? And maybe... The other person, the other architect filling in this role might have less familiarity, but because they're around more, that's a better trade-off right. than somebody who really knows the domain but doesn't have the the time to participate in this this like uh, expensive coordination. Totally possible. I think you kind of pointed this out too, but you could make the coordination less expensive. Um, it's very easy to wave your hands and say async, make things async. Yeah. <laughs> but have you considered using a chat tool? <laughs> Or or writing stuff down yeah. uh, and then having other people read it, which does not come automatically from writing stuff down. I have learned through sad experience. The people don't read it? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could talk a big game about async. You can write a lot of stuff. And then if nobody reads it until the meeting, right. the synchronous meeting, then yeah, suddenly, you are still suddenly it's synchronous. synchronous. <laughs> <laughs> the meeting is a semaphore. Yeah, you just have extra stuff. It's a No, it's not a semaphore. It's a join call on your thread, on all the threads. <laughs> we've, we've got the team is a thread pool you're going to call join on it or whatever the wait for whatever and the meeting is the thing you're calling wait for okay anyway this is getting out of hand how can you deadlock in this scenario yeah that's what we need to dive into you're at a meeting with several philosophers <laughs> dining that they're dining side you have you yes have n minus yes. one forks yes <laughs> what was i saying oh yeah async waving my hands and saying async yeah not the fix um if if you can it's present a have, have your architect present a plan, get feedback on it, and then have some kind of decision. If you can figure that out asynchronously, one, you'll be uh, far, far ahead of most organizations in yeah. the world. But two, hopefully less disrupted by interruptions and schedule yeah. stuff. I, I'm also assuming that the architect might have time just at a different point in the day. But if it, if, if they don't have time, then then it's not just they can't make the meeting. It's like they also... They can't do the async right. work. Like there's not enough hours in their work week to get all the job done. 
Yeah. And if that's the case, your manager needs to like this is now a resource allocation problem where the resource they were using to provide architect services to the team is no longer able to provide the full complement of those services necessary for the team. So options are pretty clear there. You either need to replace that person with someone who can or supplement them with someone else in addition to them who can provide some. And this leads me to my next point, which is that if you go talk to your manager about this, you are maybe unintentionally expressing enough concern and ownership that you might walk out of that meeting with a new title or at least part of a new title <laughs> or the duties of a new yes. title without any of the recognition or pay <laughs> <laughs> congratulations yeah that's fair you just got a title upgrade but maybe not a pay upgrade you got you got a responsibility upgrade yes. <laughs> doesn't that feel nice think about all the scope it's gonna be great <laughs> Yeah, that, that phrase driving organizational alignment makes me think that some of what the architect is providing is like the the gravitas of their presence and, mm. and recognized expertise to just say like, hey, this is the right thing to do and we are doing it. And, and that that might be harder to replace than knowledge of the system you're working in. Um, I, I noticed that when I worked at a giant megacorp. Yeah. A lot of the times the very experienced mega ultra hyper principal distinguished engineers <laughs> yeah. it wasn't just that they were very talented although they they were and knew their stuff technically it was that they would say like this is what we should do and then people would listen and people would align <laughs> yes they would drive organizational alignment by saying this thing maybe it was their idea or maybe it was someone else's but but that's that's that would be harder to replace yes if with with someone else exactly uh, less recognized or senior you'd have to build that up over time it's not an overnight solution to that problem start now i guess <laughs> the best time to plant an architect is 20 years ago is that what they say <laughs> have, have we answered the question i think so good luck and uh hopefully this is a temporary circumstance both for you and also for this person who's going through a challenging time with kids and medical issues that is not fun so we wish we wish them the best yeah i'm assuming it's not good medical issues it's like we found out yeah your son has superpowers yeah. <laughs> and we're studying them we're studying your child's amazing intellectual capabilities the world <laughs> yeah no that is i mean that's possible but unlikely. Well, Dave, do you want to read our next question? Yes, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, can you help me understand what happened here? I was put on a, quote, performance improvement plan, and it became pretty clear to me from the negative feedback at my first review that I simply didn't have the skill to perform at the level that was being asked for. Instead of immediately looking for a new position, I decided to take some personal time off to work on myself and my mental health and to use the remainder of the performance improvement plan time to prepare myself emotionally and financially for that. I didn't blow off work, but I also wasn't invested in the performance improvement plan either. A few days before my final review, I quit instead of being terminated. Management seemed really confused and angry when I quit. Why would they be so upset if they were about to terminate me anyway? One in particular started backtracking and pretending like I wasn't going to be terminated. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. What is going on? One reason they could be confused is because you maybe gave up a giant pile of money that would have come to you if you were terminated yeah and this is not very pleasant to hear a severance package but if you are fired or laid off you are sometimes offered severance in our industry almost every time yeah like why you're about to you're about to go anyways why would you leave voluntarily and give up five digits of money six i don't know a million digits of money i don't know how much you get paid or what the unit is 
Maybe it's in grains of sand and then it's a lot of digits. <laughs> I don't know why that would make them angry, but I would be confused if someone quit right before the end yeah. of their pip that wasn't going well. Confusion is what I would expect too. Maybe they're angry because they put in a bunch of work. They prepared this speech that was really going to like, I don't know what the speech would do, make them feel better about firing someone or maybe maybe they thought this will really turn their life around. This is the inspiration they need going into their next job. Then you quit and you kind of took the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Probably not, though. Um, yeah, this is interesting. Pretty clear to me from the negative feedback my first review. I simply... So what I what I gather from this is there was a... There was a plan proposed. The plan said, you need to do these things to succeed. Right. And then there was a first review where they looked at the things they said you needed to do and said, here's what you've done so far. And it didn't look like those were matching up very well. And then you decided you're going to go somewhere else and kind of use the rest of the time to do that. Yep. Does that sound right to you? I think so. I wonder if the anger that is being perceived here was actually confusion. Oh, actually, it does say confused and angry. Maybe this is really just confusion being perceived as angry. And maybe the anger was more like, oh, you idiot. You just stepped away from so much money. We were going to give you a four-month severance package. Don't do this. Yeah. One in particular start backtracking and pretending like I wasn't going to be terminated. Now, that's weird, right? Yeah. Maybe there's some, like, legal liability fear or something like that i don't know i don't know because to me when someone quits that makes the whole legal landscape much simpler for the company yeah yeah this is a weird situation though what do you what do you think of the the question askers their use of the performance improvement plan time to kind of prep for their next thing i think that's very common especially at these big companies where the pip process is well understood and consistently applied. People get themselves on a PIP and they think, oh man, I'm not getting out of this thing. And they just go start looking for another job. In fact, I think yeah. sometimes I think of a PIP. So when I give a PIP, I really do want the person to succeed. you know. And I try to give them a counsel and opportunities to improve to the level where I think they can remain with us on the team. But mm -hmm. a lot of big companies just see a PIP as a formality on the way out the door. And so people get that PIP info and they're like, okay, I see the writings on the wall. They interpret it as a professional courtesy. It's essentially like the two weeks notice equivalent of the employer giving you some notice. And usually it's 30 days yeah. plus, but it's like professional courtesy. We're going to let you go. Now you have some time to prepare for your next thing. There's also a lot of legal protection I think this provides to the company where they can show, yes, look, we tried our best. Right. We're, we're not we're not just, it's not like some manager got mad and fired right. them and, and also not because of a thing that's protected legally. It's because of poor performance and here's all the things we tried to improve the performance. Yeah, exactly. It sucks that they often turn into like long firings, but it, it, it does seem pretty common. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's also very common for people to react by quitting. That's pretty common. And I've seen that happen multiple times firsthand. In fact, I've saw someone quit the day the PIP was given. Like, hey, we're putting you on a 60-day plan. They're like, okay, this is my resignation. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. was a, that was a peer. Not, it was not me giving the, the performance plan. But it does pose an interesting question, which is like, how little could you do? In that time window? Yeah, to just keep collecting a paycheck and maybe getting some severance at the end. There's something deep in my soul that makes me not want to do that. I don't know why. Like one it's almost like 
I don't know, it's kind of like a romantic relationship. Like once someone tells you they're not interested in you anymore, mm. it's like, oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. But it's like, what if they told you I'm not interested in you, but if you stick around for 30 days, I'll give you 30 more days of my affection and love. You know, <laughs> let's call it a romantic severance. I'm like, ah, gotta get out of here. Like, it's just there's something so deep that makes me want to run away from that situation. So uh, I was put on a pip once, sort of. It was at uh, a small company, so it wasn't very formal, but it was it was effectively a pip. Okay. Like, hey, it's not going well. You need to change stuff. Let's check in regularly. I felt sad, and then I was like, I'm gonna prove them wrong, and just like tried very hard to turn it around for two weeks and then at the end of two weeks was like i don't like this oh <laughs> I uh and then just and then quit right after that oh that's interesting did you actually turn it around it would be interesting to ask my boss because i thought i did this is from a long time i feel ago, like right? i was trying a lot harder yeah it was quite a while ago i feel like i tried a lot harder and delivered more but maybe it was like furious useless activity <laughs> Fixing bugs that don't exist, building features no one wants. Yeah, but I I do remember feeling that like, but they don't they don't want me. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of what. Yeah, I ended up at the same place you described of like I'm out of here. But you you had like the opposite reaction that I had, which is you tried to make them want you, and I would just run yeah. away. <laughs> well, yeah, I did both. First, I tried, and then okay. I ran away, <laughs> and I didn't even ask them, "Hey, did it work? Do you like me now?" I just tried. That's because you, like, you couldn't bear to hear the answer. I'm out of here. <laughs> yes, I actually think that's probably true. <laughs> oh, boy. It's getting deep here on this. Yeah, get Steve on the couch, Jameson. We're going to psychoanalyze yeah. <laughs> this one. This is a weird situation. I feel like as soon as you enter the world of ending someone's employment at a company, whether it's you ending yours or someone else ending yours, like, I don't know, stuff gets a little weird. So I... I don't quite understand why they would be upset. Mm -hmm. But if I think about it in on a spectrum of like, what kind of stuff happens when someone leaves a company in, in like less than ideal circumstances? This feels pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't feel like a big deal. The listener's behavior sounds totally normal. Yeah, it seems fine. Maybe you lost out on some severance, but it, I don't think you burnt any bridges. Yeah, or I mean, it's like right? maybe you did a weird thing, but... It's not that weird. It's not weird um, at all. I've done weirder. <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't try to make them like you. <sighs> yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. At least you you kept like your power. Like you're, no, I'm actually too cool. I, I don't even care. That's how cool I this am. This is making me think of that scene from The Office now, which I believe we have referenced on the show at least once before, maybe more. Yes. Someone quits and Michael says, you can't quit. You're fired. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then his boss is like, Michael, yeah. now we have to pay severance. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, it's a weird time in a career. It is. I, I think you're fine. And I think that maybe this is just not a thing they've seen before. Yeah. They're used to people either quitting at the beginning or getting fired at the end. Yeah, I think you're probably or, right. Or oh, turning it around. Or maybe, I mean, another possible explanation is they really didn't intend to fire you. They really just, you know, and I'll give you a, one reason why this might be true. At big megacorps, they do what's called stack ranking. And stack ranking is where they actually are required to allocate a certain number of a certain percentage of every team on this continuum of high performing, middle performing, and you know performance improvement. Not yeah. all companies have that have it stipulated that someone has to be on a pip all the time, but 
many of these big companies do require you to be to have someone marked as the least lowest performing category on every team. And so it yeah. there is a possibility yeah. that this pip was actually just a formality and they were checking boxes and they intended to take you off the pip and call it a successful exit at the end. And so when you quit, they were like, ah, oh, crap. We only picked you because you were randomly selected <laughs> because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't actually want to stack rank. Uh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Shoot, we didn't want to lose you. That is a, a sad lesson in incentives when you, you see that happen, where yep. people who are they're like willing to put up with being told they're poor performers but still stick around, they can be valuable commodities on a team at performance review time <laughs> because because you know you get to you get to like sacrifice them to the yep. the curve to the process instead of someone else who you feel like might might be performing fine exactly but who is more sensitive to being told they're not performing well yes yeah all kinds Ugh. of weird stuff can stack happen. ranking not a fan very painful to administer yeah lots of weird incentives that it creates. Okay, so that's a possibility. Hopefully that wasn't the case here, but if it was, you're maybe walking away from a terrible situation anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's It's certainly not good for the person who is the sacrifice. Exactly. Because they usually get poorer views and lower raises or no raises. And yeah, not, not, not good for your career to be there. But well, kind of a bummer answer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. I'm glad you're on to a better place, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Well... Good luck to you. All right. What should people do if they would like their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question where you can fill out our form. And thank you so much to everyone who does that each week. We love reading your questions. You are the lifeblood of this show, pumping through our metaphorical arteries. We will catch you next week.